Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope that you enjoy this encouraging message. For more information on our church family, visit freechapel.org forward slash OC. First Samuel chapter 13 and 14. We started, hand up if you were not in church last week, raise your hand. All right, you're all going to hell because you missed church last week. No, you're not. Listen, last week we started a series on the life of David. We're looking at David and last week, remember if you were here, we were talking about the key of contentment. And we talked about how contentment is not complacency. Contentment is a quiet confidence in who our God is. And we looked at it in David's life, in, in the, especially the early years of David's life, that David demonstrated a quiet confidence that God had a plan for his life, that God was gonna provide for him and that God was gonna protect him. Remember that? And this was the power of the key of contentment, that even though David knew he was stuck out in a field mining sheep, he was content that God had a plan for his life and he was happy and at peace with where God had him in that moment. And today I wanna look at something else in the life of David that I think is so important and so significant for us, for our life, when it comes to accomplishing everything that God has for us. And what I wanna speak on today is I just wanna, I'm entitling it with a little bit of a question. The question is this, how is your heart? How's your heart? As we follow, if you read through Psalms, you continually read this, this common occurrence of David continuing, continuing to assess where his heart's at, don't you? So many different Psalms that we know. And if you look at what I love about David and when we read the Psalms is he gives us a glimpse into even the difficult frustrations that he's experiencing in his heart. We read about it in the Psalms. And it's this common occurrence that David is continually assessing his heart. Even when David messes up, even when David makes mistakes, he always circles back. He always comes back around to that, search my heart, check my heart, God. Because there was something within David that always wanted him to live in a place where he was asking, how's my heart? How's my heart? In this verse that we started on in 1 Samuel chapter 13 and verse 14, this is where we're introduced to David the way God saw him. Because God saw David as being a man after God's own heart. And it's such an interesting prerequisite that God was requiring that everything that David would do Think about David's life and everything that David would accomplish. The one thing that God needed of him was to simply be a man who wanted what God wanted. 
That to me is is mind-blowing. When I look at David's life and I think, hang on, everything that David does, that he would be the king of Israel, that he would conquer Jerusalem, that he would bring the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem, that of David's lineage would come Jesus Christ, that David would be a leader, that David would be a fighter, that David would know when to submit, that David would know when to serve, that David would be humble, but he would also be courageous of all of the things that David is gonna accomplish, God, the one thing you need him to be is just to be somebody that wants what you want. That's it. That, that's all you're looking for. That's the interview process. Those are the prerequisites. He's not looking for the greatest leader, the greatest fighter, the greatest battler, the most humble. He just needs somebody who has a posture that says, God, I want what you want. And God says, bang, I'll take that and I'll do something great with it. It makes us look at this verse so differently, doesn't it? It makes us see how powerful it is when I, the posture of my heart is always saying, God, check my heart because I wanna be somebody that simply wants what you want in my life. I asked myself this question this week. I asked that of myself. I said, do I want, do I want what God wants? And of course, in our Christianese religious responses, we all of course say, okay, that was not good. We all of course say, because it's the right thing to say, isn't it? It's the right thing to say. And then, because we know, the reason we can say yes is because we know that God has good things for us, don't we? So I asked myself the question and I kept thinking, I was almost if you like meditating on that as a question to myself. And I kept asking it of myself, Ben, do you want what God wants? Yes. I guess you could say I felt like God, the Holy Spirit kept asking me that. Do you want what God wants? Yes. But then the more He asked me the question, the more I saw my response, the more hesitant I was to say yes. Because I think I realised that the Holy Spirit was trying to show me something. And I came to this conclusion. I think that I want what God wants ultimately, but I don't think I want what God wants always. When I look at Scripture and I know that God wants us to be blessed. We know God wants favour for us. We know that God has provision for us. We know that God has protection for us. All of these things, this is where we say, yes, I want what God wants. So me and God, we land at the same place. But where I hesitate and where the battle is between what I want and what God wants is not where we land but it's the journey that I know God wants to take me on to get me to that destination. Does that, do you understand what I'm saying? Let me explain it like this. I look at what God wants for my life and I say, God, I, I, I know you want blessing for my life. So do I want that? Yes, absolutely, I want blessing. But what I've learned about God is the journey that God is gonna take me on 
to mould me and shape me into the man that I need to be in order to handle the blessing that He has for my life. That's where I know enough about God to know that yes, I want the destination, but it's the journey that I struggle with a little bit. Do you understand? I wanna be what He wants me to be. I want my heart to be where I know He he created my heart to be, but I don't wanna go through the refining journey where He has to burn up all the crap that's in me in order to get me to where I need to be. It's not the destination, it's what I know He's gonna take me on to get me there. If I said to all of you, hey, who wants to come to Australia with me next week? Raise your hand. Who would like to go to Australia? Come on, let's do a trip. We'll get Pastor Jensen to pay for all of us. Let's do it. (laughs) Who wants to go to Australia? We all want to go to Australia. Okay, let me ask you this. Who wants to go to Australia on a canoe? (laughs) Not so many. Because we all like the destination. The journey is where I struggle a little bit. And I know for my life, when it comes to asking myself, how's my heart? I find that me and God butt heads sometimes. When I ask myself, do I want what God wants? I find myself in a wrestle between what God wants and what I want. And I find this wrestle is continual. It's the battle between what God wants and what I want. And I know that it'll always be a battle because Isaiah tells me that His ways are not my ways. Sometimes I think my ways are better. I've got to be honest, don't tell anybody, but I just think I could do it better and faster. Do you ever think you could make things happen quicker than God does if you were God? Sometimes I look, I think, what are we waiting on? Like, how much time do you have? Let's get this thing going. Let's. But it's what He is doing in me through the journey that's preparing me for the destination because you think in your mind, you know where He's gonna land, but actually He's gonna land in a much better place than what you've realised because what He has for you is far beyond what you could ask, think or imagine. So if you trust Him in the process and allow Him to shape us and mould us so that we can become what He's called us to be, Because my ways and His ways, what I want and what He wants, we butt heads. I I, I want, there are certain things that I'm just, I, I just wanna do in and through my life, but they are often contrary to what God wants. So the question for us is, do we really want what God wants? And if this is the gap between what God wants and what I want. The goal is for us to actually close the gap. That's the goal. That's what transformation looks like. Where I allow the Holy Spirit to shape me and mould me so the gap between what He wants and what I want becomes narrower and narrower. 
That's when we get to the place where people look at us and they don't see us, they see Jesus. That's where we get to that place where where what I want and what He wants is connected, is aligned. This This is where David was in this place where he was saying, I want what God wants. So I wanna give you real quickly under the little little sermon title of How's Your Heart. I wanna give you real quickly to take home three heart health checks, if you like. Three little, little heart health checks. And the first check that I want us to do is how's the condition? The word condition. The three words I want you to write down that you're gonna take home with you is the word Condition, what's the condition? Is my heart consistent? And what's the capacity of my heart? Condition, consistent capacity. The condition of my heart. Psalms 139 verse 23, David said, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties and see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Search me, O God. Is is David saying to God, God, would you check my heart? Would Would you have a look and assess the condition of my heart? When was the last time we did an inventory of our inner man? When was the last time we looked at the Word of God like we're supposed to, like a mirror and say, God, would you show me what's what's really in my heart? Because I need to check the condition of my heart if I'm to align my wants with your wants, the condition of my heart. Paul said to Timothy in 1 Timothy 1 verse 5 to 6, now the purpose of the commandment is to love from a pure heart. That word pure means a heart that is refined by fire, a pure heart. This is all under the condition of our heart. David was somebody that knew what it was to continually ask God, how is my heart? Check my heart, Lord. Show me if there's things in my heart that I've allowed to lodge in my heart that is stopping me from walking in the fullness of what God has called me to do. In the story of David, after David has the success of of defeating Goliath, and what happens is they come back and everybody's saying of Saul, Saul has slain his thousands. And then they say of David, they say David has slain his tens of thousands. And in the story, there's this interesting Verse because it's speaking of Saul and it says that when Saul saw them talking of David better than they were talking of Saul, the verse there says that they that Saul eyed David from that day forward. That in this moment of Saul's life, Saul allows this root of jealousy just to lodge itself in Saul's heart. And from that moment on, we see Saul spiral out of control because of what he allowed into his heart. We have to always live in that place and it's not an easy place to be. It's living in that place of asking myself, how is my heart? And Lord, show me what is the condition of my heart? 
Which brings me to our second word that we're talking about today. This is not something that we just do once. If we wanna have healthy hearts that align with God's heart, healthy hearts where what we want is the same as what God wants. I've got to say, God can check the condition of my heart, but I've got to be consistent in doing this. I wish, I wish checking the condition of your heart was just a once-off deal. Wouldn't that be better? Wouldn't that be easier? But we have to understand that it's a process of transformation. That's what Paul is talking about in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 when he talks about that we are transformed by the renewing of our heart, uh, by the renewing of our mind. He says, then, that, then we will be able to know and to prove and to discern what God's will is. But what we have to do is we have to understand that this is this process that we go on. David said, uh, Saul, um, sorry, David's son says in Proverbs chapter four, verse 20, my son, give attention to my words, incline my ear to your sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all, who's, uh, all their flesh. Keep your heart, keep your heart with all diligence, it's repeating the process. I don't know about you, but I get so sick of growing. I'm sick of it. I was on a phone conversation with my mother this week. Do you know what's so frustrating about mums? (laughs) Is it doesn't matter how old you get, they are always your mum. I remember I was on the phone with my mum and she said, Ben, this is a part of growing. And I'm like, mum, shut up. <laughs> I've got to be honest with you. I, 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 I hope she's not watching this. <laughs> I get sick of growing. You know the song that David, you know that the verse, creating me a clean heart, oh God. You know that's creating, I know I can't sing, shut up, be nice. Listen, creating me a clean heart, oh God, and renew our spirit within me. You know that song? Three of you, I'm so glad I just embarrassed myself by singing it. It's a nice song, but it's a horrible process. Creating me a clean heart, oh God and renew a right spirit in me. Like if I I was gonna write a song really how I felt, I would sound very different. I would say, God, just leave me alone where I am. I think you've done enough in me. I'm sick of growing. Please give me a break. I'm 42 now, let's just leave it at this. You can find my album downstairs as you leave today. I'll be happy to sign it for you. But I don't know about you, I'm done. I'm done, I'm sick of growing. But the fact that you still have to grow, you can look at it and get frustrated or you can get excited because if He's still growing, you still to this day 
today, that means that He still has something great for you. Otherwise, He would have stopped the process. So if He's still doing a work in you, there is something great ahead of you. And we've got to embrace it. It's a consistency consistently coming back. This was what was so cool about David. Even with all of his mess ups and all of his mistakes, David knew what it was. And you read it all through the different Psalms. When he's in challenging times, he will ask God, God, where are you? What's going on? You can hear his heart. He's saying, I'm freaking out. I don't understand. But then as you keep reading, he always circles back to this God, I trust You. God, do it in me again. God, mould me. God, shape me. Do what I know needs to be done. We've got to check our condition. We've got to be consistent. And the last thing is I start to just draw to a close. The last thing I want you to see is I want us to look at the capacity of our heart. Capacity is how, how, how much can your heart carry? Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12, and 33 to 36, He says, either make a tree good and its fruit good or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For trees known by its fruit. Further on, He says, for out of the abundance of, or out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of good treasure, the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. That word treasure, it, it means storehouse, a place where treasure is stored. And if we wanna bring forth Good things that overflow, we have to stretch the capacity of our ability in our heart to contain more of Him. This is where we get to this place where we truly understand and connect with the heart of God. This is where a love for people will come from. The good fruit that is stored up in a heart that can handle and carry a lot of Him. He speaks of fruit in John 15, verse seven and eight, after speaking of how we abide in Him. If my words abide in you, you'll ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. But this, my Father is glorified. By this, my Father is glorified. That you bear, what's that next word? Much fruit. It's, it's not God's, what God wants for us is not for us to just bear a little fruit. And I know it's simple, I know it's basic, but we need to be reminded that God wants us to bear much fruit. That's how you're gonna impact your workplace. Good fruit, good fruit will run out by the time you get to work. But if you have a heart that is before God filled to capacity with the presence of God, with a love for God, with the peace of God, with the joy of the Lord, then much fruit will flow out of you when you walk into that workplace. 
Or you walk into that situation where you desperately wanna make a difference, but when you look to yourself, you feel like you are dry and don't have anything left. This is, this is that place where we begin to overflow with the love of God for people. This is the place, the place where the capacity of our heart and our capacity to love all people, no matter what they look like, no matter where they're from, no matter how difficult it may be, if our heart and the capacity of our heart is such that we are so full of His presence, that it just flows out of us. This is the space where we start to see a region transformed by the power of God. This is the space where high schools start to turn around. This is the place where college campuses start to get changed. This is a space where true influence happens when we as the people of God are flowing with a heart of God that's coming out of us and impacting others. But we have to ask ourselves the question, how's my heart? It's not enough to just have great vision. It's not enough to just be a great leader. It's not enough to just have drive and ambition and goals. All of those things are amazing, but they will amount to nothing that will glorify the Kingdom of God if I don't want what God wants. And you may achieve great things. The gifts of God are without repentance, which means you can be ungodly and have vision and drive and passion and gifting and ability and you'll accomplish amazing things, but God will get none of the glory. And you will ultimately live a life unfulfilled and be in a very frustrating place looking at all of the things that you have accomplished, but still feel empty because you are not created to accomplish just great things. You were created to bring glory to your Creator. And when, and when we get to that space where we have closed the gap between what I want and what He wants, that's where I'm in that space where now I can feel the heart of God because my wants and His wants are aligned. And this is where the voice of God becomes so clear. This is where there's even things that you don't even need to pray about because you just know what God wants. The, the chapter that speaks of David killing Goliath, chapter, I think it's 16 or 17. If you read that chapter, all the way from when David is, is told to take food to his brothers, he gets to the, the, the battlefield. He puts the food down. He goes over to where his brothers are and he overhears what Goliath is saying to the people of God. David, we know the story. In that moment, then he goes, he stands up and he says, something needs to be done here. He gets taken to Saul. He has a conversation with Saul. Saul says, if you're gonna do it, put on my armour. He says, no, I'm gonna do it by a sling. And he goes to this, gets five stones, goes out. His Goliath on the head, cuts his head off. Do you know that all through that whole story, never once, doesn't matter where you're at, never once do we read the words and God told David. It's an interesting thought. I've never thought of it before, never seen it before. 
God never, we preach, we often say, and I have before, God told David to go and get fired. He did not. According to the story, He didn't. God didn't tell David to, to, to serve the food to his brothers. God didn't tell him that he had to do that. God didn't tell David to go and kill Goliath. David, these were not things that David had to be told. These were things that David knew. David did not have to wait for instruction from God because David had intimacy with God. And there are certain things that we spend a lot of time praying about that really we shouldn't have to pray about. We should already know. We should be so connected with His heart and we should know in that moment, this is what God's will is for this moment. David knew because David understood the heart of God and was connected with the heart of God. And he understood that even though David had been anointed to be king, his dad right there in that moment was telling him to serve. And he didn't have to pray about and say, God, should I serve or not? No, he knew that God's heart was to serve. And if you're too big to serve, then you're too small to lead. And so David knew in that moment, you know what? This is God's heart. But then when David got to a battlefield, David saw Goliath and he knew straight away, this is not God. No one speaks to people, God's people like this. And there was a confidence that David got through intimacy with God that caused David to stand up amongst soldiers and say, is there not a cause? Do you know what David was saying? Don't you guys get it? You're supposed to be doing something now, but you're not. Why? Because you're disconnected and you're disconnected from the heart of God and the purpose of God because you as soldiers, you look the part, but you don't act the part and you're missing what God is wanting to do in this moment. And even though you know how to fight, you lack the courage because you've allowed fear to get in your heart and you're not hearing the heart of God. And it took a shepherd boy with courage and intimacy to stand up and say something needs to be done. What's the heart of God? That's what our world needs. That's what our world needs. We are the way in which God shows a lost and dying world what His heart is. That's what Jesus meant when Jesus said this of John in John 17 verse 21 to 23, that they all may be one. As you Father are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us. This was Jesus' prayer that the world may believe that you sent me and glory and the, and the glory which you gave me, I have given them that they may be one just as we are one. I in them, you in me, that they may be made perfect in one. Well, we are demonstrating the heart of God because we know the heart of God and it's not something that we preach, it's something that we live. A couple months ago, I'm about to close. I sat down with a gentleman who is a, uh, he's a transgender um, gentleman. So he identifies as a, as a, he says that he identifies as a woman. And we sat down because he wanted to talk and he had some questions. And I said, yeah, of course, I would love that. And, and, and I remember before I sat down, I was 
just so mindful of the sensitivity of, of the situation and the importance of, of, of having clarity and understanding what we were going to talk about. And, you know, so I, you know, I did my, my homework and just looking at, you know, Scripture and just different things. And my mum's a psychologist and has counselled different people of this persuasion before. And so just asking her just in different thoughts. And, you know, I was diligently sort of trying to just make sure that, you know, I was prepared and, you know, it's like, I felt like I was about to sort of go into like this debate, you know, where we're like, and then once I'd sort of finished getting, you know, just going through everything, I just felt like the Holy Spirit just say to me, are you done? I was like, okay. And I said, yeah. I'm like, God, I mean, I'm just getting, and he said, yeah. I know what you're doing. He said, how about you just ask me what my heart is? And then, and then I was reminded that what good is the truth if it's not spoken in love? And, and what good is how knowledgeable I am in the truth if I don't establish a pathway of love and kindness to guide them there? And the pathway of love and kindness is found through an understanding of God's heart. And I remember it impacted me and I remember just praying before we talked and I said, God, just just, just give me your heart. I just, I just need, I need Him to see your heart in me. I need Him to see past anything that I might say that does not reflect the heart of God. And I remember as he showed up, he was quite um, a little bit sort of guarded, you could see. And I remember, you know, I remember I said, hey, I think I called him bro. I hope I didn't offend him. I couldn't help it. It's just how I am. <laughs> but we sat down and, and I remember I just, we just started talking. Because the Holy Spirit reminded me and I'm so, I'm, I'm so ashamed that I had to be reminded. But he said, Ben, it's, just, it's a person that I created that I love. I, and I remember, I, 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 and I'm ashamed to say that I had to be, but I think sometimes we get so caught up in the stuff that's peripheral without getting to the heart of the issue. And I remember we were talking and, you know, he, you know I said, where are you from? Like, you from around here? You grew up here? And we just start talking. I was talking about Australia back home. And, and I remember just saying, what's your, you know, what's your church experience? And he said, oh, I've been coming along to Free Chapel. I said, that's awesome. I said, you enjoy it? He said, yeah, I really do. I've never been so proud of you guys. I said, you enjoy it? Yeah. And I remember he was sharing about somebody invited him and brought him along to church. He was telling me about his a previous church experience that he had had. He said to me, I'm, I'm very interested in the Bible and I wanna learn about the Bible. And he was telling me how he started going to a big Bible study that another church had. It was a weekly Bible study, midweek Bible study. And he said that he'd been attending that for about six or eight weeks and he was really enjoying it. But then he said that one of the leaders in the church was sent 
to talk to him, to tell him that they would prefer if he didn't attend the weekly Bible study, but that they were happy to sit down with him one-on-one because they thought it would be a distraction to people to have him there. And I remember it hit me and I thought, that's not God. That's not God. And I looked at him, I said, bro, I said, How, what did that make you feel like? And he was kind, he wasn't, he wasn't bashing them. He said, he was just, he said, I was just confused. I didn't, he said, I understand I look different to people, but I was confused. But I just remember as we were talking and I did, I said to him, I said, listen, bro, I, I said, I love you so much. I'm so glad that you've been coming along and enjoy it. I don't know if he's here this morning or not. And, but I said, I'm so proud of you, bro, for even just coming to hang. I realise it can be hard, especially if you haven't had a good church experience before. But I said, I, 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 you know, I believe God's Word. And I'm going to tell you right now, I do believe that God created you the way He created you and He knew exactly what He was doing. And I believe that when God formed you in the womb, He had a plan for you, that God wasn't confused about your gender or what you were going to be. And I understand that you're on a journey right now trying to work it out, but you need to know from me, this is what I believe. What you do with what I believe and what I show in the Word, that's between you and God. But we are always going to preach truth in love. And he was he was cool. He was... He was grateful for the honesty and he said, you know, he said, I said, are you going to keep coming or are you just going to disappear on me? He says, no, I'm still going to come. I said, who do you sit with? He said, oh, some, you know, sometimes different people, you know, that I know at the church will invite me to sit with them. And I said, well, make me a promise. And because he had said, sometimes I just sit alone. I said, please make me a promise. I said, when you come, don't sit alone. And I said, when you come to church, if you don't have anyone to sit with, you know where I sit. Come and ask me and I'll give you a seat right next to me at the front. I'll give you a box seat, bro. Because this is what we're called to do. This is the heart of God. We preach truth in love. But I was challenged after that meeting because after that meeting, I was reminded of how broken people are. And I was challenged in my own heart to say, God, I want to make a bigger difference. And that motivated me to go back to the start again and say, God, check the condition again. Help me be consistent and then grow me. And then once you've done it, guess what? Go back again. This is how we grow. It hurts. It's challenging. But this is how we make a difference. And this is where the Kingdom of God is advanced in Orange County. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. To watch our latest message, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. To stay connected, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Free Chapel OC.